Welcome back. You are listening to Fly Jason Zucker Fly, a Pittsburgh Penguins game day podcast. This is episode 132, and I'm your host, Jeff Taylor. This podcast is for you, for yins, uh, for Penguins fans and for hockey fans all around the world. Follow us on Twitter at PensPod, on Instagram at Fly Penguins Fly. Subscribe to the Fly Penguins Fly YouTube channel. You can find the link for that channel in today's episode notes. And you're damned right today is going to be Jason Zucker Appreciation Day. It should have been yesterday or the podcast before that, but I will tell you what, he has earned it. Let's hear from Jason Zucker right the heck now. Hey Jeff, Jason Zucker here from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Wanted to wish you a very, very happy 40th birthday. Hope you get to enjoy this big milestone with all of your family and friends. Thanks so much for being a Penguins fan. You guys are absolutely incredible. We have the best fans in the world. So thank you so much for the support. We really appreciate every single bit of it. Uh, your wife Ashley told me that you're starting Rec League Hockey. So I just wanted to wish you the best of luck and keep having fun with it. It's an amazing game and it'll it'll make friends that you'll have for the rest of your life. So enjoy the game, shoot to score, and have fun. Again, happy birthday. Take care. Oh, still gives me goosebumps every time. Thanks again to my wife Ashley for hooking up that sweet birthday gift. I giggled like a tiny child when she handed me her phone on the morning of my 40th. I know I've told this story before, and she said, press play, and there's Jason. Shoot more Zucker with some sage advice. And I will tell you what, folks, if you're listening to this podcast, guess who you are? That's right. It's you. You're the problem. It's you. My hockey friends, keeping me bogged down in this sick-in-the-head habit of creating a podcast, a game day podcast for my pure enjoyment. And hopefully because you're an off the rails weirdo like myself, you get a little bit of pleasure out of listening to it as well. And speaking of some hockey friends, I'm going to see Mr. Harold Oaks, good friend of mine, who's been showing me the ropes on the ice. I'm incredibly fortunate to have been working with Harold, former head coach of the University of Pittsburgh hockey team, player himself, played for the Johnstown Chiefs, uh, was with that team from its inception, but Harold's going to come on the podcast within the next week or so and give us an interview, an exclusive interview about uh, his incredible Pittsburgh hockey story. So more on that soon. What's up to Harold and uh, his family today? But before I continue, I do realize I gave this episode a particularly bizarre title. Now you'll have to stick around to the final sentence of the episode to get an explanation for said title. No, I'm not going on Maury Povich. No one's claiming on the father of their child. Anyway, where was I? So Jason Zucker had had enough last night. The Penguins, after winning a coaching challenge to keep it tied 1-1 earlier in the game, gave up a couple goals late in the second period and headed back to the dressing room down 3-1. Now, that's a tough hole to climb out of against a Winnipeg team with three of the NHL's top 20 points-getting skaters healthy and playing on the roster for Winnipeg. It's especially tough when you, the Pens, are simply struggling on all fronts. Dustin Tokarski, your third-string netminder, is in goal because it's a back-to-back, -back, and you've got Carolina the next day, tonight, as you listen to this podcast, as I record. Cessoir. Your starting goalie is on the IR, 
and your star top D-man, Chris Letang, is just getting hammered by the gods, okay? By all gods, of all religions, simultaneously. And I'll get to that more in just a bit. But coming back into that third period, after being down 3-1, the pens, they needed a spark. I turned to my wife. We're up there in the 200 sections where we've got our partial season ticket package. Best decision ever. It's so fun going down to the rink. Although last night was a tough one. I turn to my wife, Ashley, and I say to her, baby, you know what Phil Bork, two-time Stanley Cup champion, and I hope future guest on this podcast, fingers crossed, would say right now? He'd say, this is where you need someone to go out there and and put a big hit on somebody. I'm not saying you got to throw an elbow or blast them in the teeth. You got to stir the pot, baby. You know, that's what Phil Bork, I feel like, that's the kind of thing he would have said in that moment. You're going down a couple of goals. You got to get out there and put a hit on somebody. And not 60 seconds later did the entire PPG Paints Arena erupt in thunderous applause as Las Vegas, Nevada native Jason Zucker, all 5'10", 174 pounds of soaking wet, dropped the gloves with 6'3", 210-pound Brendan Dillon, the same player who annihilated Teddy Bluger with a dirty high hit to the head last season. So not only is there a huge size differential when Zook picked this fight last night, and not only did Jason do pretty friggin' well in that bout, landing at least one solid uppercut to Dylan's maw, but this was a message to Penguins fans from Jason Zucker, the person. He even pumped his arms up to all of us fans in the stands trying to rev us all up, rev up the masses, and it sure worked. If you were in the building last night, you were on your feet, I was going to say your penguin waddling feet, and screaming. So a bit later in the third period, after what felt like forever, and after a bunch of super boring hockey was played, the Penguins did draw a penalty, and there's Geno Malkin out there on the top power play unit. Now I say this out of genuine love for you, G. I own your jersey. I keep it in great shape because I just love the way you play hockey. I think you're a cool personality with the content the Penguins share with us that I see. And it was a big decision to buy that jersey. Anyway, it's not a guilt trip thing. It's just a, this is how much I love you kind of a thing. So I'm speaking directly to Evgeny here. G, you are the man. You're a legend. But when a couple of passes get picked off on the power play and your team just can't get it going, you can get as mad as you want. But if while the puck is still in play, you slow down and take the time to whack your stick against the glass while other far less paid Penguins players are on the puck like bloodhounds. And then when you finally go for a change and you probably should have been off the ice like 15, 30 seconds before that moment because your legs were dead or something, you decide it's a good idea to smash your stick on the red painted top of the bench boards inches from where you could have injured somebody on the training staff. Dude, you got to evaluate your biz. I know Tanger's not here to QB PP1, and for the Penguins fan life of me, I cannot figure out why Ty Underwhelming Smith is running the show on the top unit. He's just monumentally underprepared for that gig. Here it is. Coach Sully, Jeff from Fly Penguins Fly here. I know you listen to my podcast on the daily. I've seen the TikTok Uh, posts that you've put up where you show all of us your pre-listening routines. You made your own Fly Penguins Fly t-shirts and uh, hats and all of that. And as long as you don't sell them, I don't mind. I'm flattered. 
I super appreciate it. And by the way, another huge heaping load of love from Mike Sullivan, two-time Stanley Cup champion, got me into watching hockey, those Penguins. But Sully, you started Dumo and Smith last night. I fully appreciate the sincerity with which you say things like, quote, you know, paraphrasing here, I don't really believe in numbering my lines or numbering my pairings. I totally get that. But I'll tell you what right now. Season ticket holders feel like tiny little shareholders within the spectrum of all things Penguins. And we love you guys. We love Brian Dumoulin for helping the Penguins win back-to-back cups. But that was another time. Okay, it was simply another era of Penguins hockey history. Dumo is at least somewhat washed up. I read it in certain reputable journalists' articles a number of times throughout the season this year, and I tried to parry the thought, push it away, you know? But at this point, yeah, he's had a few more spirited shifts with Ty Smith. I do think that Dumoulin and Smith are finding a bit of a groove, and that is great. But surely there was a more inspiring pair that you could have put out there for the national anthem last night. That's just how I feel about it. I think Joseph has earned a start. I think Smith has kind of not. Well, it's a pairing. Yeah, but Dumoulin has not earned the start. It's not like, well, Smith is the incidental pairing mate because you're going to give Dumo the start. Of course, it's Brian Dumoulin. No. Like I said, that was another time. I'd love to see Brian Dumoulin return to that form. I want the top pairing. Sentimentally, I want the top pairing to be Latang and Dumoulin. Lately, it's been Pedersen. He's our top guy. And if it's, you know, Pedersen and Petrie when those guys are healthy, that's that's fine, or whoever it's going to be. But we've got a bunch of guys out. We've got Latang out. We've got Petrie, Pedersen out. I understand that you're hard up right now. It just felt uninspiring to me. And they did okay. Did Dumoulin and, and, and Smith last night. They had some nifty little passes here and there. Still, my eye is drawn to Pierre-Olivier Joseph. Put him on the top pairing. Pair him with maybe someone like Ty Smith. I don't know. I don't know where I'm talking from here. Talking out of my something else. <laughs> but when you put those guys out there for the national anthem, you're saying something. You're saying, these are my guys. And I don't think Dumoulin and Smith are your guys, coach. I'm probably wrong, because I'm not you. Well, I don't think it sent the right message, but I'll tell you what, I've got stuff to do today, and I said to myself, it's back-to-back games, I'm just going to do a quick one-taker today and post it real real early in the day so listeners uh, have, have their game day podcast, but man, I am hot after that loss last night. You know, I said this to my friend and sometimes guest host, co-host on this podcast, Jordan DeFigio, I hope that You're going to be hearing more from Jordan on this podcast soon. Just a passionate Pens fan, sharp as hell hockey mind. But I said to Jordan on text this morning, I said, I'm feeling bruised after, or bruised as hell or something after last night's game. Because I do, I feel bruised. And as I imagined my heart feeling bruised, I'm an artist, I'm a lyric writing songwriter. When I thought of my own heart, I imagined it colored like this, bruised black and yellow beating muscle in there. And I realize that's a little bit much, a little, little bit too much poeticism. We're just talking about a mid-season loss to a very good Winnipeg team. Listener, how do you feel 
after last night's loss to the Jets. You could send me an email, penspod at gmail.com, or hit me up on Twitter at penspod, on Instagram at flypenguinsfly. So unfortunately, Jason Zucker's tilt with Brendan Dillon, which resulted in a five-minute major for both involved, ultimately, if indirectly, I would say, resulted in another Jets goal. So the Penguins made a bit of a push. The crowd screaming. The video team was putting all those get loud, you know, things up on the board. And then the game was suddenly out of reach. Well, the Penguins got a power play opportunity, but I already talked about that. It was squandered, you know. Malkin threw his tantrum, multiple tantrums, kind of, as I described. And it's not a great look. But tonight, your Penguins pay a visit to Raleigh, North Carolina, and the Carolina Hurricanes. In their last 22 games played, all the Canes have done is to go 16-3-3. Pretty snazzy. Three of those 16 Ws were against your Pittsburgh Penguins, who, although they, the Penguins, at times carried the play, looked fired up, limited Carolina's chances, got to the Canes netminder on a number of occasions, etc. You got to remember something. Tristan Jari, Chris Letang, Marcus Pedersen, Josh Archibald, Ryan Paling, and Jeff Petrie are all out for this one tonight, folks. And we had most of those guys, if not all of them, for some of those other games against Carolina. You might get Pedersen back tonight. And maybe while he's been out with his poor grieving family up in Montreal in mourning over the loss of his dad, perhaps there's something we don't know. You know, has Chris Letang been getting out on the ice in Montreal with a private training staff? Is he going to come streaking out onto the ice tonight in Carolina? I highly doubt it. The guy has had a stroke, a tough lower body injury, I believe it was described as, and lost his father. His dad passed away. My dad passed away when I was 16. Toughest thing to explain to someone. Ideally, with the way we hope things will go, in order, we all lose our parents eventually rather than the other way around. That's if things go right. And let me tell you, this thing, losing a parent, it's a cannon blast through your sails. The wind just goes out of you. That's if you're me, of course. Some might respond differently, but in this case with Chris Letang, he either needs the downtime for himself for someone else in his family, or there's some combination of things that's kept him away. My guess is it's the latter. I mean, what a sh time this guy's had this year. Front office brings the big three, Malkin, Latang, Crosby, back for another run at the cup, and boom, thunder showers. Then a hailstorm. Then a plague of locusts on all his houses, or whatever sending love out to the Latang family as they continue to deal with what I can only imagine has been a tremendously difficult time. All right, Penguins fans, you knew I had to start with last night's game at PPG Paints Arena, uh, that 4-1 to loss to Winnipeg. And by the way, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. I've used that reference twice, and I don't even know the melody to Antihero by Taylor Swift. But I mentioned it on yesterday's podcast the last time I went to PPG Paints Arena to see the Jets visit the Penguins. It was a 4-1 to one loss, so it appears that I am the problem. Okay, let's look ahead a bit on the Penguins' schedule. You've got 
Carolina tonight, and I'm sorry, but I I just don't have. You got Freddie Anderson in net. He's played a lot less than Auntie Ranta and Coochie. Uh, let's see. The record for Freddie Anderson on the season is six three and zero. That's at least on the winning side. His uh, saves percentage is below nine hundred, but not god awfully terrible. Actually, it's not very good. Casey DeSmith will be in net tonight for your Penguins. Five, eight, and two is Casey, right? It's kind of Casey's net in that way, but it sort of doesn't feel like it is. It sort of feels like there's a bit of chaos in net right now. I don't think Dustin Tokarski looked too terrible last night at all. In fact, big ups to Dustin Tokarski for getting the start under his belt, playing, playing pretty well, making some big glove saves. He's particularly good with the glove. Last night, the goals that might have seemed initially to less experienced viewers, I think, like quote-unquote bad goals on Tokarski, were the result of the Winnipeg skaters being allowed to create good puck puck movement from side to side in the hey, Ozone, Jeff, Jason Zucker here in the, the Penguins, Penguins zone. Uh, your wife Ashley told me that he's starting rec league hockey. Create it's an amazing game. that empty net look, right? You got to draw play over to one side. Tokarski has no choice but to hug a post. And if the Penguins skaters allow a pass, a quick pass across the ice and there's nobody on said player, well, they have a, a look at a wide open half of a net. That's the way hockey goes. Fastest thing on the ice is the puck at all times. So looking ahead beyond tonight, hopefully, well, I think I, let's see, I have a episode description that's going to go up online, and I'm going to read part of that now, actually. Just maybe, I wrote, this depleted, demoralized Pittsburgh team will play their hearts out for Casey DeSmith tonight and earn themselves a much-needed character victory against one of the best teams in the world's best league. That's in the episode description, if you're looking on Apple, Spotify, whatnot. But looking beyond tonight's game, You've got the Anaheim Ducks coming up after after this matchup versus Carolina. Now, the Ducks have gotten absolutely reamed by, in order, the Boston Bruins, 7-1, a team Penguins haven't beaten yet. The Oilers, 6-2, a team the Penguins haven't beaten yet. And the New Jersey Devils, 6-2, a team the Penguins haven't beaten yet. So let's not look down on the Anaheim Ducks too hard just yet, coming off of a 4-1 loss to the Jets last night, it would seem that we will be facing a Ducks team who very much wants a victory. Unless you're thinking in tank for Bedard terms, in which case, of course, the Ducks don't want to beat the Penguins. But prior to that three-game losing streak I just described, falling as they did to the very three good teams I listed, Edmonton, Boston, New Jersey, the Ducks had found some success beating San Jose in OT on January 6th shutting out Dallas on the road, 2-0, and peppered in there with a loss to the lowly Flyers and a soul-crushing 6-1 loss at the hands of Nashville. Prior to that, Anaheim actually managed to beat the Golden Knights on Vegas ice, 3-2 in OT, and take a stacked Calgary team to OT, eventually losing to the Flames 3-2 in extra time. So this Ducks team will beat you if you, if you are sitting on your hands. Then you got the Ottawa Senators. That's a home and home in Ottawa and in Pittsburgh. 
against the Sens coming up after pounding Arizona earlier uh, uh, this week. Ottawa plays a couple of struggling teams in Colorado and St. Louis this week prior to that home-and-home that we'll have against them. Okay, I'm stepping on my own tongue a little bit. The Pittsburgh Penguins coming into tonight's matchup with the Hurricanes, 21-14-6 for 48 points. Carolina, the dominant Canes, the dominant Canes, no marbles in the mouth, boy. 26-9-7, talking to myself over here. 59 points do the Canes have. I told you before the starting goalies are going to be Casey DeSmith and Freddie Anderson. As far as scoring among the players who will be on the ice tonight, that's I got some good news for you. Sidney Crosby is by far the highest point getter on both teams featured in tonight's game. Sid's got 48 points. The next closest point-getting amount between the Canes and the Pens is a tie between Evgeny Malkin and Carolina's Marty Natchez. Both have 39 points. So Crosby with almost a 10-point advantage on those two. Okay, that is going to start to wrap things up for me on the podcast on today's episode of Fly Penguins Fly or Fly Jason Zucker Fly as it is being ceremoniously called today. The podcast you can you can follow at Pens Pod on Twitter at Fly Penguins Fly on Instagram and subscribe to the Fly Penguins Fly YouTube channel. The link to that is in today's episode notes. Remember, if you've got a friend who needs to know about this podcast, please tell them about it. The more black and gold in the house, as always, the better. Hockey fans from all markets, very welcome here at the Fly Penguins Fly podcast. Thank you for listening. All right, Penguins fans, you can watch tonight's road game versus the Carolina Hurricanes live from PNC Arena in Raleigh on AT&T SN in the Pittsburgh area and on ESPN Plus every place else. As longtime listeners well know, one of our favorite ways to tune in here at Fly Penguins Fly is via terrestrial radio or on the web at 105.9thex FM. Enjoy tonight's Penguins road game versus their biological fathers, the Carolina Hurricanes. And of course, let's go, Pens! <laughs>